Welcome to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. Be sure to stay tuned to the end of the show to hear how you can access the full interview and get related links. And now it's time for Carrie McCoy to get all up in your business. That's right. Thank you, John. Our guest technician is the famous Mr. John Kane. He's KABF's program director. I interviewed him on this show not too long ago. And he's the founder of a philanthropic John Kane Foundation where he does philanthropic work, of course. And recently, he was featured in the high-profile section of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. It is an honor to have you, John, on our radio show with me today. Thank you. You're welcome. Like John said, I'm Carrie McCoy, and it's time for me to get up in your business. For the next hour, my guest, Rivka Cooperman. I'm going to have to find out about that name. It's it's Hebrew for Rebecca. It's Hebrew for Rebecca. You must be Jewish. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Rivka Cooperman, the production stage manager at the Arkansas Art Center Children's Theater in Little Rock, Arkansas. And I will be getting up in the business of acting, education, children, and following your heart. We hope through our storytelling of how we maneuvered the path of independence and leadership in pursuit of our dreams that you will learn something, want to get involved, or be inspired to take action in your own life. And we'll be answering questions via phone and email. For me, it began over 40 years ago when I founded Arkansas Flag and Banner. During the past four decades, Arkansas Flag and Banner has grown and morphed from door-to-door sales to telemarketing to mail order and catalog sales and now relies heavily on the internet. Each change in sales strategy required a change in company thinking and procedures. My confidence, leadership knowledge, and my company grew. My initial $400 investment now produces nearly $4 million in annual sales. Each week on the show, you'll hear candid conversations between me and my guests about real-world experiences on a variety of businesses and topics that I hope you'll find interesting. Starting and running a business or organization is like so many things. It takes persistence, perseverance, and patience. I worked part-time jobs for nine years before Arkansas Flag and Banner grew enough to support just me. It's now grown so much that to operate efficiently, we require 10 departments and 25 people to maintain them, thus reminding us all again that small businesses are the fuel for our economic engine. Before we start, I want to remind everyone of my guest technician, Mr. John Kane, who will be running the board and taking your calls. Say hello again, John. Hello, John. <laughs> he's, a good, he's doing a good job of being Tim. My guest today is Rivka Cooperman. I just love that name. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Production stage manager at the Arkansas Arts Center Children's Theater in Little Rock, Arkansas. Rivka is a graduate from Mount St. Mary's and UCA with a major in theater and a minor in interdisciplinary studies. After college, Rivka went on to receive her master's degree from the popular New York University Tisch School of Arts. But this higher education stint was uh, cut short. About to say, okay. <laughs> when her mother was diagnosed with breast cancer and Rivka made the selfless decision to move home. Soon after her mother's passing, Rivka Cooperman resumed her education and received a Master of Art in Higher Education Administration from the College of Arts at the University of Arkansas at Little Rock. Mm-hmm. Yep. And if that's not enough, she sought yet another degree in Student Administration. Mm-hmm. In 2010, is that right? 2010, Rifka landed her dream job as a production. I actually started in August of 2013. Okay, I, I couldn't. I was going to ask. So you. I'm starting my fifth season at the oh, Children's Theater. Great. So in 
2014, mm -hmm. Rivka landed her dream job as the production stage manager at the Arkansas Arts Center Children's Theater. Her theater degree, education administration degree, and student engagement degree made Cooperman and the Arkansas Arts Center Children's Theater a perfect marriage. It is a pleasure to welcome you to the table the young, the wise, <laughs> thespian, and seamstress, yeah, yeah. Rivka Cooperman. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm, an, I'm honored to be invited. Oh, you're uh, this, so nice. This is great. It is great, isn't it? I'm excited to be here. Um, I, I bet that the Arkansas, Arkansas, I feel like the Arkansas Art Center is so lucky to have you. Can you tell us about, you started to a second ago, tell us about landing that job at the Arkansas Art Center. Sure. So I uh, worked in the College of Arts, Humanities, and Social Sciences at UALR for four years. And that college doesn't even exist anymore because the university restructured. Oh. And I started out as a special events coordinator, which if you think about it, throwing a big party is a lot mm -hmm. like throwing or throwing, <laughs> putting on a play because uh, you have to get all the people together. You have to have a timeline. You have to have communications between all different things in order for everything to come together at the right time and happen. Except this time, an event only happens once uh, and you can't, you know, you don't have another try at it. So. Uh, in a little bit of a way, it's actually a bit more stressful because you only have one go at a party uh, where you have a few different times to do a play. You know, you can tweak things as you go. Um, so my, my theater degree applied to that field. And when I worked there, I only started out as a part-time position. And I worked for Dean Baldwin. And she is fabulous. Uh, she, I think, works in the library now at UALR. I think she's the dean of li the library. I'm not sure, you know, I left when she, when she changed positions, but she was, she's a fabulous leader. Um, she, she reminded me a lot of a, of Hillary Clinton, really, because oh, wow. she, she is just, she knows what's up. She knows what's going on. She uh, can connect with all the people around her. I mean, we've seen her eat a peanut up off the floor. You know, <laughs> she's very relatable. Um, and assertive. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and knows how to get some stuff done. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and she, uh, she taught me something really, really important where it's, always better to ask for forgiveness than to ask for permission. Matthew, you've heard me say that a few mm -hmm. times, haven't you? Mm -hmm. So just just do things. Push the envelope. And if it works, awesome. And if it doesn't, well, you know. Say you're sorry. Yeah, and just move on. Yeah. So um, So you're working for her part-time, and yep. you start working at the Art Center part-time. Well, no. I worked for her for part-time, and then uh, I guess she liked me enough where uh, she promoted me to a full-time position. And when I got promoted to full-time, that's when I got to start working with the students uh, and engaging in programming with some of the honor students doing uh, leadership activities ar across the campus. And so that's like, you know what? I like working with, with these young, energetic, you know, college students. They have all kinds of great ideas. And uh, so that's why I wanted to get more education about uh, student affairs uh, and programming. So that's when I started my master's at UALR. So I actually was working there the entire time while I was um, pr finishing my master's degree. So it took me a little longer. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how did you end up at the Arkansas Arts Center? Okay, so, sorry, I, this, I'm, this is the longest answer, I guess, to your question. That's fine, we've um, got a whole hour. I, I Since I have a, a, a theater degree um, from UCA, I keep in touch with all of my theater pals from UCA. We're you know one big family, and we all still talk to each other. And a friend of mine said, hey, you know, um, we are looking for people down at the art center, and I know that we need a production stage manager. And, and so I said, well, I put my name in the hat, 
And Bradley called me in, I think, that same week for uh, an interview and then told me right there, you've got the job. That, it was that simple. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I started, uh, I started two weeks later at the Art Center. You seem like a perfect fit. I would have thought that you had always wanted that job. And that, that would have been like a job that you had been working your whole goal, you know, your whole though, life towards. I, I, for the while, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. Which is um, typical of most of us, I, I think. Exactly. And so I just, I kind of went where my opportunities led me. And I said yes a lot, uh, which is an improv, an improv rule, uh, <laughs> which uh, is a, another big part of my life. Um, I just said yes, and let's just see, see what happens, right? Uh, yep. So I put my name in, yes. and he, yes, and he said I got it, and I started two weeks later. Well, I think that that is a wonderful suggestion to everybody who's listening. There are so many books written about saying yes i saw a lady talking on oprah one time on super soul sundry because i watch that all the time and um and she had written a book called saying yes Mm -hmm. and so i googled up i was going to read her book and i googled it up there are so many books written about the power of yes that it was really hard for me to dig down and find out which book was hers but it is a life-changing that philosophy is a life changing uh, strategy well it's the only way to really collaborate if you want to be able to use other people's ideas and work together it's always better to say yes and and let's see what happens and there are a lot of people that say no and then a little bit later on and turn around and go okay i'll do that but their first answer is no no Mm -hmm. no no and then after a little while you talk them into it or they think about it and then they come back and say and yes. it's a philosophy you have to grow into it's hard sometimes to say yes to things i think that's true mm-hmm. i think when you're young you're you're kind of taught to say no a little bit maybe and to be cautious maybe but maybe not i don't know i think it's personality types maybe mm-hmm. i don't know i should have said yes no to a few more things when i was young probably <laughs> all right i think this is a good time to take a break when we come back we'll learn more about rifka hear about the business of the Children's Theater, about the opportunities for young people at the Art Center, and about the upcoming fall season performances. You're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy. My guest today is Rifka Cooperman, production stage manager at the Arkansas Art Center Children's Theater in Little Rock, Arkansas. And that was from Chorus Line. And I wish y'all could have seen Rifka because she knew every word yes, to this I and told did. us a little Rifka t- <laughs> trivia. Go ahead and tell our listeners. Well, I was saying that uh, one of my dance teachers growing up, Dennis Glasscock, he was in this show. Uh, and taught our class all the choreography to this on Broadway. Number. He was in the show yes, on Broadway, yep, and he taught us all the choreography to this number. So, so you were going step, step, kick, kick. Absolutely. And let me tell you, it's hard. It's really hard, especially Why? when you're 13 years old. It doesn't look hard. Well, I, they, because they're professionals, they make it look easy. Oh, <laughs> that makes total sense. Um, Riff, I can tell by your bio that you have a great work work ethic. Thank you. Uh, all your life. Uh, you could give credit. 
your mother was a bankruptcy attorney. Mm -hmm. Your father was a gynecologist. And then you've already mentioned Dr. Deborah Baldwin, who was the dean of your UALR College of the Arts Mm -hmm. when you went there. Mm -hmm. Those seem like three people that you mentioned that you found important to your life. Can you talk to me about maybe about what which what what each one of them did to sure make you the way you are today uh well in the summertime uh we couldn't just sit around the house i mean we did kind of sit around the house some but uh if we wanted to go and work we could just go with dad or mom to the office uh and we we had to work so for my dad he always got there real early in the morning at like eight o'clock so, but if you got up early to go with dad, he would stop and get us breakfast. So that was a perk if you got up early. If you didn't get up early, you have to go with mom later and you got nothing until lunch. Uh, <laughs> you know, kid perks. Um, but for my dad, I would, as, as a child, um, I mean, I remember being in kindergarten and answering the phones, filing. I would wash windows. I would organize the magazines in the waiting room. Uh, a lot of times I would talk to the patients because, you know, these ladies... I uh, love to talk to children. I would bring them coffee uh, and just things like that, that that a kid can handle. Uh, the older I got, the more things that I, I could do. And uh, sometimes I even got to uh, be an assistant in the exam room with my dad, just to, to be a female in the room, because he never examined a patient without a female in the room. Right. So if his nurse or someone was unavailable, I put on my scrubs and <laughs> I just went on in there with my dad. Wow, so, really but brave. I was, you know, by that time I was in college. I was going to uh, say, yeah, that, that I skipped a lot of time me. right there. Um, but uh, for my mom, again, I, I answered phones, uh, talked to clients and did a lot of, you know, just filing and things like that. I would file her papers at the bankruptcy court. Um, did they pay you? Yes. And no. Yeah. You know, you, 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 I would turn in my timesheet at the end of every week. Uh, to my dad at his desk and he would you know calculate all the time and you know say well this is how much you earned and then he would write my check and he'd take me to the bank and he would say now half of it always has to go into savings so here's so here's my 20 dollar check you know (laughs) that half of it goes into savings um what great training yeah i I never Um, did anything like that with my children I never really even um, thought about it. That's a great tip for people listening. If you can, if you can take your children to work. Mm-hmm. Well, they, you know, my parents were like where they had, they, they had their, they were their own business and they shared an office building. Oh, really? Conveniently enough. Yeah. And my dad was on one side and my mom's on the other. So if we, dad didn't have anything, you just run over to the other side and see if mom needed some help. Do you have any brothers and sisters? I have five brothers and sisters. I'm the baby of six. Do they all live in Little Rock? No. Um, my oldest brother, David, lives in St. Louis. The brother after that, Aaron, lives in Memphis. Brother after that, Michael, he is here in Little Rock. And then brother Stephen is in Tulsa. Uh, my sister Rachel is in Memphis. And wow. then I am here. So were there any assumptions made about you as a child? Did they think, oh, she's going to grow up to be in theater? You know, I'm not sure. My, my, my dad said he always wanted me to be, he wanted me to be a judge. Uh, he wanted, he, you know, said I had a good head on me and, you know, a good assessment of situations and people. And, uh, he wanted, I guess he wanted me to be kind of like Judge Judy, (laughs) you know, (laughs) you know, yeah. Um, but that, that didn't, you know, that obviously didn't happen. Um, and my mom wanted me to go to law school and I took the LSAT just to please, to, to please her. Uh, what's the LSAT? Um, the test you have to take in order to be admitted into law school and, I, if the, if the scale was backwards, 
I did amazing. Oh, <laughs> let's just put it like that. Uh, so you know, I, even if I wanted to go, I couldn't. I didn't have the scores at all. So well, you um, didn't. It wasn't your heart. No, I didn't, I didn't. I didn't want to do that. I, I wanted to be in the arts and tell tell our listeners how you started in the arts and, and okay. that if it hadn't been for your father, you probably wouldn't have. Stayed. It's true. It's true. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad actually he he's got a theater background of himself. He's from Chicago, and he was part of the Yiddish theater scene in Chicago as a youth. So, uh, <laughs> so he always loved to be, to, to be part of theater and things. So he encouraged uh, my sister and I to audition for Summer Theater Academy. Uh, at the Art Center. Yes, at the Art Center. And at the time, in the early 90s, it was a six-week summer program all day, uh, and they admitted 40 to 60 students. I don't remember. Um, but you had to be there the, the entire six weeks. It was a big commitment. And I auditioned. And I after I did, I was like, oh, gosh, six weeks. Ah, that's my whole summer. I can't. Ah. Uh, but then I got a call, you know, that both my sister and I were admitted. And so we, we went. How old were you? I was 10. So my sister was 12. So we went there together. And my first day, I hated it hated it uh we had to just at the time that's when they did all their class placement but as a 10 year old you don't know that um and so the day was spent auditioning and if anyone out there listening has ever been to an audition there's a lot of sitting and waiting so i just sat around the what i felt like the i sat all day at at the theater and did nothing like daddy this is a waste they didn't do anything with me I hated it I don't want to go back it's the worst uh and my sister agreed with me because that's what she she does and (laughs) uh and he said well you know just go back tomorrow give it another try and if you still don't like it then we'll go from there so reluctantly you know I get up and I go and uh that's when my classes actually started and it was it was great. It was magic. It was a, you know, it was a complete 180. And I loved it, everything that I did. And I felt for the first time that I, that I belonged somewhere, that I was in a community where I wasn't alone. Because, you know, I always had a hard time finding my place amongst my, in school. Um, I think a lot of theater kids feel that way. Yeah. And then when I finally figured out, or discovered, I should say, oh, this is where I'm supposed to be. It was life changing. It's really odd that so many kids that can't find their, they can't find where they belong, you would think would, would be, or to me, I would be intimidated to go into theater, but it seems like these kind of reserved kids end up going into theater, mm-hmm. which is backwards from what you would think. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I think because their parents see that they, they need to find a place and they probably encourage them to audition, which is great. So, um, and, and, you know, that, that same thing still holds true today. Cause now, now I guess I fast forwarding a little bit. I administer summer theater Academy. So I started out as I started my career as a student there. So now, and now I run the program, uh, which is, you know, a whole 360, which is, you know, kind of exciting cycle of life. And, uh, the students there, I find feel the same way that this is the place where they feel like they're home, where they can be themselves and where they can find find people with same interests and people that get them uh, and, the, and in the safe space that we have there, they feel like they can develop and grow and learn. Uh, I know it's such it's, a safe place. That's the thing I think about theater is you're really able to be yourself and everybody is so accepting. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
So that's how I started. And then, and then the, since then, when I got hooked, I started auditioning for the plays of the Children's Theater. And I did plays of the Children's Theater when I was a kid. Uh, I was in a few, and I also was on technical crew for, for some, which I always loved to be on technical crew because I didn't have to memorize anything, but I still got to be part of the community. So it was a great fit for me. We, uh, had, a, we had a girl on here last week, or Lady Catherine Tucker was on here last mm-hmm. week. She is the executive director for the Arkansas cinema society that is just starting and she began her she's been she's she's an award-winning cinematographer photographer producer and she started out like you just said at these jobs behind the scene at the arkansas arts center that's awesome that's fantastic i and I remember my, my most exciting thing that I did there as a kid was when I got to be the head of the run crew for uh, the Life and Adventures of Santa Claus, which meant I got to wear the headset and run the turntable. Whoa. So you're, Big it's, deal. Not, it's not all about <laughs> acting. No, not at all. In fact, we have students that run our shows all the time. So we have students on stage and backstage. We have students run the turntable on our fly system. I've even had a student on our soundboard before. How many um, students are usually in a play? It just depends on what show it is in the in the needs of the show. Right. Um, so, but sometimes there's more backstage than there are almost. It can be. I mean, if it's a highly technical show with lots of special effects or quick changes or uh, or something like that, we definitely need the support backstage. And it is it is so important to have all that all those students back there because it is you you can't have a show without everybody. And it's not just about being on stage. It's about the whole community and working together and putting on a performance so being backstage is just as important so when you got your job Mm -hmm. i read where you said receiving thank you letters and notes from students always made me feel like i'm doing something right that's right what else do you get out of it you know it's creating a relationship with these students that uh and and a sense of trust that they have in me and the other company actors and directors um trust in us in their education and in the process Tell me about a day at the Arkansas Children's Hospital. Children's Hospital. Children's <laughs> Theater. Tell me about a day for for Rifka every, at the Children's Every Theater. day is different. Uh, it just depends on what's going on um, at the time. So let's say next next week okay. uh, we're going to start our rehearsals for our very first show of the season, Giggle Giggle Quack. And so uh, next week I'll be coming in. And I'll I'll prep for rehearsal. We'll have rehearsal during the day. Uh, and then in the afternoon, I'll do my reports and uh, and have meetings, production meetings and things like that with the show. Um, when we get into the run of the show, you know, I go there and we, and we do the play. And then the actors will be in another rehearsal for the next play coming up that afternoon. Um, so is, is it is it different? Is it different kids every time? Children every time? Do you, do you have auditions for each show, each play is a different audition? What it is, is uh, we have a group of company, of adult company actors that are in all of our shows throughout the season. And then each play will have different students um, as needed by, from whatever, you know, the director wants or what's required by the script. And sometimes our shows don't have students, uh, and sometimes they do. So really, every play is different. So the children's theater that's going to run this fall Mm -hmm. doesn't always have children in it? It doesn't always have children in the play. They're just Mm -mm. plays that are for children. That's right. That's right. Four children and some and some are, you know, are by children, too. So like in our in in this next show, Giggle Giggle Quack, it's going to be an all adult cast. But uh, the next show, Goosebumps, um, the script calls for students. Three boys, doesn't it? Um, it's that one's not my show. 
<laughs> because there's another stage manager that I split all the work with because oh, uh, it's too much for one person. But um, that show is uh, calling for students. So and then the next show after that, Mother Goose, um, that can go either way for adults, for students or for both. It's just whatever the director probably is it, wants is to it pursue so demanding it. that the children can't go to school during this time. Yeah, when a student is in our productions, they have to miss school because we have school day shows. Tuesday through Fridays at 10 a.m. and noon, we have school day productions. And other schools bus in their students and take field trips to the Children's Theater to see to see right. the play. So if we have a student in the show, they have to miss school. So it's a huge commitment for a student because they not only have to keep up with their schoolwork, keep up with all rehearsals and stuff for the play. But the rehearsals are at night. For Yes, rehearsals are at night. So but they the only actual, miss school during the actual performances. That's correct. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that is a big commitment. It's a big the way, commitment the way the student. parents are juggling everybody around Absolutely. all the time. Yeah. Um, you've been involved in local theater and community all of your life. Yeah. Where Since, oh, my gosh. Okay. So the children's theater, um, the weekend theater. Uh, gosh, I, I. You're at the improv. You do an improv. I do. Yeah. I, um, I work. Excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> what? Um, I, every week I am. I, I let me back up. I'm part of a local improv troupe, Improv Little Rock. Improv Little Rock. And we perform every week, every Wednesday at eight o'clock at the joint in North Little Rock. And does it have a website? Uh, I, I think it's the joint North Little Rock. Does Improv at Little Rock have a website that tells about th- your performances? Think, well, we you actually you follow us on Facebook. Facebook. You find us um, the uh, the joint venture on Facebook and that's where we put up information about all of our shows and stuff. But we've been performing at the joint for five years, but improv little rock is actually a lot, it's a lot older than that. It started off, I think 10 plus years ago. Um, and I joined the troupe in 2009. What is it about improv that actors love so much? I think it's because they don't, what I like about it is that I, there's not a lot of, I don't have to memorize anything. Everything is off the cuff. Everything is very natural. That seems scary. <laughs> well, when you have a lot, of, you have a good group of people around you that you trust, and that won't let you fail, then it's actually very freeing. So it's team building again. Absolutely. So the process of putting together a performance is very, very lengthy. How long it does is, it take you to put one up? To put it, well, the whole process from start to finish is actually about a year, um, because the artistic director. Has to meet, meets with other directors and other consultants about what shows should we do next year. Oh, okay. So you're and planning right now for next year? Or- we'll start for next year. We'll start in January. Or maybe even early. Actually, he'll probably start in November. Already thinking about next year. So uh, the artistic director chooses which plays we're going to do. And then we start meeting about the first show of the season in April. Before the previous season has even ended, we start talking about next season. So where we have concept meetings, where uh, the the production team, the costume designer, the set designer, the director. And you're uh, a seamstress. Yeah, <laughs> I am. But I, I, I do a little extra help in the costume shop when they need it. But my primary job is as a production stage manager. But I can pick up a needle and thread if I need to. If you know, <laughs> that that endeared me to you when I read that because that's a lost art form. Yeah, it is. It is. You it's, know, and we sew at Arkansas Flag and Banner, and you know, I there's nothing more relaxing I think than sitting around in the sewing department and sewing. If you don't have a deadline, it's great. That's right. The deadlines, <laughs> and we ha- always have a deadline. Yeah. It's always you know. Yeah, my my mom taught me how to sew. 
Uh, and I've been so did mine. Mm-hmm. Yep, since I was in kindergarten. Uh, I guess I'm kind of sidetracking here, but mm-hmm. she uh, she also encouraged us to do to do things that were a little different to push us out of our comfort zone. And when I let me see, I was in elementary school or junior high. I don't know. My sister's listening. I'm sure that she would tell me. Mm. I don't remember things very well. Um, but she uh, discovered Japanese embroidery. And she decided that my sister and I needed to learn how to, how to do it, how to, um, embroider with this, uh, with this die in the style of this dying art. So over our spring break for three years, she would take us to Oklahoma city and it would be a week long class workshop where we would sit and learn this dying art of embroidery. So what an interesting mother. Yeah. She, and she did French hand sewing. She, she, she's a, she was a fantastic stitcher, embroiderist, seamstress, excuse me. And a bankruptcy attorney slash artist seamstress. She was an artist herself. In fact, she said that she actually wanted to be a costume designer and that, and, but she, you know, she didn't do it. So, so you came home to see your, to be with your mother when she was diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm -hmm. She was, she was diagnosed three years previous, but she took a turn for the worse, and that's when I decided I needed to come home. Do you feel good about that decision? Absolutely. If I didn't come home, I would never regret, or excuse me, I would never forget my, forgive myself. Mm-hmm. It changed I, the course of your life, but in a good way, maybe. Well, you know, I, I shattered when she, when she passed. And I, and I had to figure out how to put myself back together. When you're shattered into a thousand pieces, well, you're not going to put yourself back together the same way. Um, and it changes you, changes your perspective, changes what's important to you. Uh, and that was really the day where um, I took a, I, my, my, where I can say this is when my life changed. It's when I lost my mom. So you went back to school after that? Is that how well, you decided to put it back together? Well, you know, I um, actually what helped put myself back together was the next year's when I joined the local improv troupe. And uh, my friend, my friend Kelsey Craig, she uh, she was part of the troupe at the time, and we did improv together in college at UCA. And she reached out and she said, "Hey, you know, we're we're looking for some more people. Why don't you come down here and just play with us? Play, come to a rehearsal, see what you think." And I just said, "I said no, no, I am in no state. I I can't I can't think. I don't know who I am anymore. I can't do it. No, 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 no." And I just kept telling her no, and she kept pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. Until finally I gave in and I went to a rehearsal and it was great. And that's when I started putting myself back together, finding my confidence again and um, learning to say yes and taking risks again. And and of course, you know, it happened over time. Um, But my improv is my my therapy and it's where I, I feel the most free. So... It was that that really started being like, okay, this is where, and I started getting clarity again, and this is the direction that I need to go. I need to start pursuing my arts more seriously. And and you can use, you know, some people have never felt the emotion that you are speaking of. And well, I was 24 when she died, so that was pr- pretty young Very for someone. Yes, and you can use that emotion in your craft, I imagine. Absolutely. And so now you've built yourself, you're building, you're getting your confidence back. And when did you, and you decided to go back to school? Well, that's when I got the job at UALR. Oh, you got the job first and then you went back to school. Right. Because, because when I, when I, when I got the job at UALR, when I was promoted to full time, I got tuition discount. 
And you thought, I'll and go back like, to well, school. Well, you know what? If I'm going to get the tuition discount, this is obviously a sign. Saying you know, yes again. Say, okay, here, universe is telling me, here you are. Here's your tuition discount. Go finish your degree. Uh, that's so, how I kind of interpreted it. So, I like and it. So that's what I did. And that's when you met Deborah. Yes. Dr. Baldwin, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. And she began to be a mentor. Yeah, she's fabulous. Thanks for sharing that great story. Um, thank you. I think thank you for letting me share my story. You're welcome. Let's take a quick break. Um, When we come back, we'll continue talking with Rivka about the opportunities for young people at the Art Center, the upcoming fall season performances, and she'll give us some tips on how to start your career and manage the stress of acting, which I think she already has. It's just say yes to everything. So we talked a little bit about the benefits of young minds, and while we were on the break, we talked about risks Mm -hmm. because, you know, life's not fair and certainly hasn't been fair to you, and that made you grow so much. So... Healthy risks are kind of versus unhealthy risks. There are a book I read when my children were young about teenage years and that children want to take risk as part of their DNA mm-hmm. is to take risks. You got to test the waters. You got to see how far you can push the envelope. And I think theater, choir, sports are all the type of healthy risks that you can direct your children in that direction any, any kind of team activity where they have a par- where you can have a partner in crime to test these test the test the waters with is and it's uh, important that you feel, that these children feel safe in whatever they've decided to do mm-hmm. you know i think sports builds team is a great you know i think that's one of the benefits of sports is that it is it becomes a safe place and mm-hmm. a team effort you know um is there a specific time you think kids should start at the or is or what is the age limitation at the well children's we theater? Uh, summer theater academy mm-hmm. uh, for anyone out there that is listening and doesn't know is our uh, summer intensive program for students ages ten to eighteen and now the program it, it is not six weeks in the summer anymore uh, like when I was there but we have two three week sessions so you can come in the beginning of the summer for three weeks or you can come later in the summer for three weeks. Uh, and it's theater uh, 10 to 5, or excuse oh, really? me, 9 to 5, gosh. Uh, and then we do, we teach classes on um, movement, voice and diction, improv. Uh, uh, we, all of our students have to go through the shop and take an intro to theater, intro to technical theater class. Uh, we teach different design classes, scenic design, costume design. There's script analysis. There's aud- an audition class. There's... Uh, we had storytelling this summer, so it's a uh, all of the students will take movement, voice addiction, improv, but the other time slots are kind of up to them what they what they would like to to learn more about and expand on. So it is truly an academy, and a student can start at ten and can take classes all the way through their eight, when they're eighteen. And we have students that do range from ten to eighteen in the academy. When I went to your play that last. A few weeks ago, when my granddaughter was in one of your plays, and, mm-hmm. I, and I went there, and there were a couple of girls who had been there their whole life. They yeah. were graduating. They were 18. Mm-hmm. They were going off to college, and it was their last play at the mm-hmm. Arkansas Art Center Children's mm-hmm. Theater, and it was very sentimental. And what's, and what's really wonderful about the Academy is that the last two days of every day is devoted to project. And what that is, it's a, um, under the direction of two of our directors, uh, students devise and create a piece of their own work so they have their voices heard uh the topics that they want to explore um and which and and they're guided by 
by, by two directors. And so each group of students is different. Uh, sometimes students have a big question that they, that they want tried to search an answer for, which there probably isn't even an answer for it, but this is the way that they're going to explore and pursue it. And we have some, some students that just want to, you know, have fun. Uh, and so every group is different. And, you know, watching all the projects over the past four years, three years, four years, uh, and it, it's, it's amazing the variety of things that we see out of these students. So what do you think they learn mostly out of it? You think it's mostly team building? You think it's confidence? You, you know, think I, think it's it's a, I think it's a lot of things. Um, it's definitely a confidence boost, um, team building, like you said, but it's also they learn how to collaborate with each other. They learn how to communicate with each other and um, with, with students that are younger with them and with adults. Uh, they learn to, to take risks and try push the boundaries of things that's the part I um, love. ask ask questions that they may not feel like they can ask somewhere else um be themselves yeah and be and be and be themselves absolutely. a really safe place to be yourself it, yes absolutely is space limited yes we take up um up to 60 students per session do they and have so, to try out yeah we, the students have to audition to come to the academy that's a scary thing uh you know it's scary but i'll tell you we uh we look for students that um, want to be here, that are willing to learn and try. Um, we can tell if a student does not want to be there. And their mother made them do it. Absolutely, we can tell. Like your father made you. <laughs> well, I was excited to audition. It was just after the first day when I was like, this is a dad. Um, uh, so. How do you manage your stress? How do I manage my stress? You go to I, improv on I, Wednesday you know, nights? Yeah, I do improv. Um, I pet my cat a lot. She, her name is Senorita, and she's wonderful. Do you um, have to work more than 40 hours a week? Sometimes. Sometimes I do. Um, the closer that we get to a show opening, uh, the more hours we have to work because there's more things that have to get done. Mm -hmm. So, Parents and children have so many commitments. How are you able to help parents with managing their children's schedule? Is there any way that... Well, I will say that our schedule is pretty demanding when a student is in a show. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think it's more on a parent's end and helping their students decide on a, their prior, what is the student's priority. And if being in one of our plays is a priority, then the parent will accommodate for that. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a pretty big commitment on it's parents' a, parts. Oh, my gosh. It's a huge, it's a huge family commitment for sure because, you know, they have to transport their student to and from. There's so, you well. know, when you were a kid, that you could do it for six weeks. Mm -hmm. And now it's down to three weeks, you mm -hmm. said. It, and I think one of the reasons that you've probably changed or your, or the Art Center has changed is because children have so many things to, to do. do. Yes. What is up with that? You know, and I, there's just more options out there. And I think it's because there's more ways to get the word out about all the things that there are to do. It's so much competition for your children and you feel like if they don't do everything my poor children will just run ragged every weekend and every night and my daughter now has children and she's like I'm not doing that to my kids mm -hmm. I don't know if she's smarter than me or not because I felt like if I didn't run them everywhere and do everything that they were deprived and not gonna grow up to be I don't know I don't know be perfect <laughs> Every parent is different. But so. she's like, give them time to be kids and let them be kids. And I'm, I'm not sure that's, that's, she's not correct about that. Yeah. You only get to be a kid once in your life. <laughs> Take advantage of it while you can. 
I love your improv group that you do on Wednesday night. And what time is it at it's the at, joint? It's at 8 o'clock every Wednesday uh, at the joint, which is located at 301 Main Street in North Little Rock. All right. We're going to talk about the shows coming up. All right. You did. You got, you've already told us a little yep. bit about Giggle, are, Giggle, Quack, Quack. Yep. It's all adults, you said. Yes, this one's all adults. And then next, I think, is Goosebumps the Musical? Goosebumps the Musical, Phantom of the Auditorium. What in the world does that mean? Phantom of the Auditorium. I guess Phantom of the Auditorium. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, It's going to be very nostalgic. Are we going to have people run down the aisles? I don't know. We haven't even started yet. You should take my suggestion. Okay. I will. I'll I'll send it to the director. If it's a Phantom of the Auditorium, they ought to be running down the aisles and running onto the stage. Uh, All right. Mother Goose Christmas. Mm -hmm. Mother Goose Christmas. And and I'll be managing that show. Junie B. Jones. Oh, the next one, though, is going to be Snowy Day. Oh. Is our January show. Oh, I missed that one. Oh. Snowy Day. Mm-hmm. Is our show in January. And then our spring break show is going to be Junie B. Jones is Not a Crook. <sighs> and then we're going to end our season with Stone Soup. That's a long time. So it starts in September? Mm-hmm. And runs through what? Through Mother's Day. Which, when is that? May? Uh, I think is it's the second, the second Sunday in May, in I May. think. Yeah, in May. Mm-hmm. Well, you're very busy. And then you yeah. start and then you start your Summer Theater Academy. Well, to be fair, I start Summer Theater Academy in January. Because that's when I have to start getting my instructors uh, for the summertime. Oh. So I start working on STA in January. Uh, through, And then we have our first audition for students in March. And then we have another in April and then another in May. So we have three audition times. And those people are temporary then? The, well, it just, it, it all depends, you on know. what? The moon? <laughs> Sometimes I feel like it. Uh, it depends on their, avail- on their availability, on if they're, uh, some of our company actors are going to continue work, you know, continue their contracts through the summertime. Sometimes people just come in to teach for the summer. Sometimes they just come in to, to teach part of the summer. Oh, because so, a lot of them could be already teachers at high schools. Or they, te- or they already have um, contracts somewhere else. They have a certain specialty skill that we want to make sure our students learn. So we bring that special oh. person and things like that. Do you have a big pool? Do you have a big, is there, do we have a big pool to pool from? Absolutely. Yeah, there's a, a wonderful number of talented local people that have really wonderful resumes. It seems like Little Rock, Arkansas is getting more and more theater and cinema and artists. It's a great time to be here. I feel like we're the verging Austin, Texas. I hope so. I just Look, don't everybody want that. in the room is nodding I, yes. But I just don't want that traffic. I agree completely. <laughs> when we had, listen to everybody in the room talking. When we had Catherine Tucker on uh, um, last week, and she was talking about, you know, that she's bringing all these great talent into Little Rock and that it's going to be great for the economy. And she wants to do all these, you know, um, events that will bring more and more people to Little Rock and create more and more jobs. Mm-hmm. And I said, I love creating more and more jobs, but I don't really know if I want to bring a lot of people to Little Rock because this is like a hidden secret. She said, I hear that all the time. I, I love Little Rock and I don't ever plan on leaving. This is where I started my journey and this is where I want to continue uh, my, my journey. You and could just fly out of the airport. <laughs> That's the only thing. Yeah. You can't get a direct flight from anywhere. When I tell people that come by Little Rock and they have to lay over here, I said, oh, I'll come out of the airport and see you. And they're like, you can't do that. It's too much trouble. I said, I'll pull up to the front door and park and walk in. Really? They're like, That's what? The truth. 
Uh, so I hear that we're having theater renovations. Absolutely. When the, is that starting? You know, the Arts Center, the entire Arts Center is going to have a huge renovation. And we're going to have, let me see, we're going to have this come upcoming season in the theater. We'll have Summer Theater Academy. Then we'll have the next season. And then the renovations will start. So about a year and a half. Yeah, year and a half, two years, yeah. Mm-hmm. What are they going to do with all the people that are employed there? Yeah, I, that's still in the cards. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I don't, I mean, little... But you know that they are, they, they are talking about it. And I know that our, the administrators of the Arts Center are working with the architects and with different contractors and things. And I know that they will, they will take care of their employees. I just don't know um, what the plans are. How long, you don't, do you know how long it's going to take? <sighs> My guess is two to four years two years i don't know i don't really know Uh, i'm not i'm not in those meetings are they going to do it at the location it's at now they're not going to move somewhere else they're gonna i'm not sure i'm not sure what the plans are really i'm not you think they could relocate i no 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 no. they're not going to completely relocate no but i do not know somebody's calling maybe they know the answer oh my god we got just enough time for oh my gosh a call okay all right. Hello. You're listening to Up in Your Business with Carrie and Rifka. Have you got a, call, a question for us? Yes, I do. Um, this is Renee, and I wanted to ask Rifka what the hardest part about her job is um, and what makes it worthwhile at the end of the day. Great question. Gosh, the hardest part of my job. You know, the one thing about my job that I find really, really challenging is when we have early morning television spots where I have to get up at (laughs) three 30 in the morning to be at the theater uh, by four to meet my actors by four 15. And we got to be out the door by four 45 in the morning to be at the station by five o'clock in the morning. So that is very challenging. Um, and what was the second half of your question? And what, what makes it worth it then? What makes it worth it? (laughs) Well, you know, when we get the word out about our shows and more people know about us and come out and support us and see, and see our theater. Don't you have a good, don't you have, thanks for calling. Thank you. Of course. Do you know her? Yes. I can tell by the look on your face. That's, that's my friend Renee from Dallas. <laughs> oh, she's listening in Dallas. Yes. That's good to know. Hi, Renee. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, makes you have a great appreciation for um, the news anchor ladies oh, and my gentlemen. Oh, and, and what they do. And they are their rain or shine. You know, there was one time where Little Rock was completely iced over. But we had to be at the TV station for our promotional spot so all of us had to get up and this is you know at five in the morning to go get and the roads aren't cleared at five in the morning to get down to the art center get in our costume get to the tv station uh and so just that one time i was thinking gosh i couldn't do this so they stay in hotel rooms oh well there you go <laughs> i know that they're a lot smarter for, than we are I then because they start planning the day before they say uh they say, do we need to get a hotel room downtown? They're smart. Oh, maybe we should do that next time. Yeah, make it a party. <laughs> so thank you so much, Rifka Cooperman, Thank for you so much on. for having me on the show. Um, this has been wonderful and letting me share my story. This is, this is great. I hope that anyone out there listening will please come down to the Arts Center. We have classes for students ages right now. Our youngest classes for two to five-year-olds and all the way up through 18. So, And those would not be in acting. 
We have acting classes for students, yeah, for ages two to five, beginning acting classes. Well, we didn't even talk about classes. We just talked about summer children's theater. I, know, I didn't even have, think about the classes. We have classes all year round, Saturday So they mornings. need to go on the, Saturday mornings, they yep. need to go on the, Ar- to the Arkansas Arts. org. And where you can find information about our classes, auditions, our season, how to get tickets, other events at the Arts Center, all that stuff. Check out our website. That's a great tip. And for your present for coming. <gasps> oh. It's, it's. Uh, They're tiny little flags. It's right. It's a desk set. Oh, I'll have to, I'll have to put my cat in with a picture with these flags. I think, I think <laughs> that'd make a great post. She'll be so cute. That'd make an American cat. You know, I'm expecting to see those on stage one day as a prop. Okay. Okay. They'd make a great prop for your show i think you're right we'll find a way to, to uh, my use guest them. next week is the little rock arkansas police chief kenton buckner i have never met him but i see him on tv and i'm so impressed with this guy that i called his secretary and i asked if he would come and meet me and talk to me i cannot wait to see what he must motive what motivates him and hear his words of wisdom for crime and you know just just where Little Rock's going and what he thinks about everything. He's, I, I just can't imagine. I, to talk about a hard job. I think he's probably got the hardest job anybody I've ever heard of. I know. So to my listeners, if you have a great entrepreneurial story you would like to share, I would love to hear from you. Send a brief bio or your contact info to questions at upyourbusiness.org and someone will be in touch. And finally, to our listeners, thank you for spending time with me. If you think this program has been about you, you're right, but it's also been for me. Thank you for letting me fulfill my destiny. My hope today is that you've heard or learned something that's been inspiring or enlightening and that it whatever it is, will help you up your business, your independence, or your life. I'm Carrie McCoy, and I'll see you next time on Up In Your Business. Until then, be brave and keep it up. You've been listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. To hear the full interview, go to upyourbusiness.org, where you will find links to resources discussed on today's program. Carrie's goal to help you live the American dream.